Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a 512 Friday edition of Ball Don't Lie. That's when my man Jack takes jams from local bands and artists, very talented human beings, and uh, based on the you know the jams that are played, he gives us uh, a way that we can see these very talented human beings live and in person right here in the ATX. Who are we jamming right now, Jack? This is Riders Against the Storm with a live recording of their song, Holy Water. They will be at Antones tonight. Oh, nice. And did that, that's who you thought it was? That is not Harsh. who I thought it was. That is <laughs> not who I thought he thought he knew who this was. I thought I did. Um, but there you go. That's how uh, many talented folks there are mm-hmm. here in the ATX. This is what 512 Friday is all about. 512-337-3776. Uh, you also can hit us up via Twitter. Harge is at Hardball Harge in the Twitterverse. My man Jack is at Jack A. Farrell in the Twitterverse. That is like Colin, not like Will. Yep, and yep. you can hit me up in the Twitterverse at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. Keep in mind, last hour that Harge will be doing the show for the next seven <laughs> shows. Harge is taking next week off, and then we have the July 4th holiday week to start. Just threw that at me like that, and, huh? No, I'm just so people will know, and they can, they can wish you like a you know happy vacation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, then, see, and then we start the week, July 4th weekend off. We're off that Monday, and July 4th is on a Tuesday. So... Um, just so y'all know, Hard just won't be around for a while. He's going to enjoy his vacation. Yeah. So Hard's got a lot of jobs, and he's finally going to take a vacation from all of them. From all of them, which yeah. is rare. Usually, he takes a vacation from one job and he goes to work another job. Yeah, which is rare. Then, so now yeah. he's he's it's a, it's a rarity. So he's going to enjoy himself, but he's also going to be you know out there working another job as a dad because coach job because you got to coach up the son because yeah, you're going yeah, out there yeah. for his tournament, right? Yeah, for a soccer tournament, yeah. nationals. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it'll be fun just to be a family man for a week or so. Yeah, Not to worry about a, a job and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. You deserve it, brother. All right, uh, let's get to this story from Mark Tressman. Um, and Mark Tressman is a former NFL head coach, former NFL offensive coordinator, offensive mind, quarterback guru. He's been uh, doing some work for the 33rd. It is a website devoted to the NFL, covering the NFL. Um, and uh, obviously 32, they're the 33rd team. That's kind of what they call themselves, the 33rd. And out of the 32 teams. And he did a breakdown about Quinn Ewers. Just did his own write-up. He watched five games. I believe the games he watched were Alabama, Oklahoma, Iowa State, Baylor, and Washington. He watched those five games and just gave his analysis and evaluation on Quinn Ewers. And I thought some of this was really intriguing. I wanted to see if it matched up with some of the observations and some of the analysis that we have had on this show about Quinn Ewers and really about the Sark offense. So the first thing I thought was interesting that stood out, um, he talks about Sark's offense. He said, Texas offense philosophy give Quinn Ewers uh, opportunity to show his impressive arm talent by throwing the ball all over the field from drop back play action and movement passes to the right and left. He also pointed out, while I saw, this is his quote, while I saw evidence of Ewers getting through progressions, he was typically only asked to read half the field while in the pocket. That actually does track with some of the film study that I've done. 
Um, typically, uh, yours gets in trouble or gets an- anxious, discombobulated when he has to go past his second read. Pretty much was kind of a start, kind of kept it to a two read, basically as a two read quarterback last year. And a lot of predetermined throws last season for Quinn Ewers, I think, for Sark to try to make it easy as possible for him to digest, but also to try to decipher what the defense was doing, he would just simplify it for him and give him uh, either a half-field read, one-to-two uh, read progressions, or a predetermined throw. And that's why, at times, it would seem like he was forcing the ball into places, and at times it would also seem like he would panic if the first or second option was gone, because I don't think he actually went through a lot of the four progressions. And maybe that's got Sark wanted to bring him along slowly, but that does track with what I've said, that he's a, he's a two-read quarterback right now. But he'll get to the point where he can get to a full progression, but I don't think Sark wants him to be working full progression reads now because he ain't played, this is his first season playing football in, what, two years, and I think Sark wants to bring him along slowly. And part of that was simple predetermined reads and throws this year. I expect that to be very different. Right. So do I. And I've been talking about that for quite some time. I think that this is going to be the best Quinn Ewers that we've seen. Obviously it's only the second season that we're going to see him, but the breakdown that he's getting from all these other quarterback coaches across the nation that have been breaking down film and all talking about it. And of course his own coach in his own locker room, they have, all seeing this and trying to figure out how can we help him. So I believe this is we're going to get the best that we've seen of Quinn Ewers and the upside, which we've all talked about, is is unexplainable because it's that talented. I mean, it can definitely be achieved. And I think, too, as a competitor, his mindset is I got to be better, too, because the conversations be. have been on him and about him. And this guy was the number one quarterback coming out of high school. And uh, almost a perfect rating at one point. So this guy knows what it's like to compete and what he needs to do. He also realized this ain't high school no more, Dorothy. You can't be clicking your heels over there anymore. Now you have to go out there and you're playing like athletes. So go out there and step your game up, and I think he will. Yeah, I yeah, I think he will too. I, I, I do think it, he struggled to read defenses last year only because he hadn't had a lot of reps doing it um, at a high level because the last full season he had played was his junior year in high school. I think this year – um, it'll it, it'll clean up some of those reads for him, and I think he'll 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 digest and process things a lot quicker. Uh, another piece in this uh, another excerpt from this piece from thir- the thirty third team about Quinn Ewers says what separates Texas passing game from other college offenses is Sarkeesian's use of six, seven, and eight man protections as an offensive coordinator. The ability to understand and vary protections during a game is a top priority. These heavier protection schemes allow quarterbacks to take deeper dropbacks and throw to deeper and more established routes, which we know that's Sark, right? He loves the deep ball. Yep. I call him a big game hunter. He's not going to settle for the small game. He's going out hunting. It ain't for Dove. It ain't for Quail. All right? He's going out there hunting for big game. And I think at times it it can be disadvantageous to him and his quarterback and get Texas in trouble. I always say, don't go chasing waterfalls. Well, I don't say that. I am quoting the <laughs> TLC song. But he, and, and when it applies to Sark, he'll chase the deep ball, and he'll to me, that's chasing waterfalls. And oftentimes, he'll go right off the cliff chasing that damn deep ball. And he's working backwards, deep ball early on, and first to put the, uh, the, the really plant the seed of fear 
and dialed into the defense, make them less aggressive, put them on their heels, and then he works backwards. Deep ball, then a short, then short game, then an intermediate game. I think he should start with the short game, start with the intermediate game, start with the more advantageous, high-percentage throws to get his quarterback confident, get his quarterback in a rhythm, and then take the shots downfield. Um, and I hope this year you'll see more of that and less of him kind of reverking, reversing uh, that philosophy. Yeah. Um, and here's something that also backs that up, Harge. Uh, Mark Tressman says in this piece, I did not see quick answer hot options in the five games I watched when protections could not handle a plus one defender. It was up to yours mm-hmm. to make a play in those few instances. Yeah, because I don't think Sark built in enough fail safes with the quick game. What I would say, quick game, 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 quick game. If you build in enough quick game, 60% of all the throws in the NFL are, are zero to three step drops. That means it's quick game. Yep. Um, and I think Sark's offense is basically pro style. One thing I think it lacks is enough uh, more of the quick game. By the way, the RPO is just a different adaptation of the quick game. It's quick game plus run game. It could be either one of them. And he wants to run more RPOs too. So I think you'll have more RPOs this year and you should have more quick game. But I want him to start with the quick game, not to infuse it into the game plan later. Start with it so your quarterback is in the rhythm earlier. Ding, ding, yeah. ding. Which he did Find in Washington game. He did. He did, did, which is why I think it was probably one of Quinn's best games. Obviously, the Oklahoma game was the best game, but when you watched him in that Washington game, he was making the right reads. He was he was actually looking at the right wide receivers during that time. It wasn't his fault that his guys weren't making plays, and that's when I finally saw him get pissed off on the sideline to the point that he was being more of a vocal leader and wanting his team to step it up. Yeah. Because he wasn't doing that before. Because remember, he would go to the sideline and wouldn't really much say much. And then at the end of that game, at the end of the season, he decided, you know what? I'm going to have to start letting people know how I feel about this. Yeah, and to to that point, I think because Bijan, your best player and best leader, and Rojo, your best leader, were also gone, it – it was a void left. And it leadership. was forced upon him yes, to be that way. had to step up. Yep. Um, okay, getting back to uh, the piece here. It also points out, it says, mechanically, Ewer sometimes shows disciplined footwork from the shotgun on his three- and five-step drops. On these occasions, he has strong as a strong athletic base and a short-step transfer of weight from his back foot to his front foot towards his target before following through with a smooth and sudden release. With his nimble footwork and fluid hips, Ewers is capable of looking like the prototypical NFL pocket passer with elite mechanics. It can be easy to get excited because the ball appears to explode out of Euro's right hand while he can drive the ball when needed. He also has instinctively uh, and easily changes ball speeds and trajectories, throwing a very catchable ball to all widths and depths of the field. Yeah, he's, he's got great touch. He does have a really good touch for a quarterback. I'll he give does. him that naturally. He does. Um, but in this piece, Mark And it leads the wide receivers in the right way, too. Yeah, anticipatory. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's anticipatory Throws actions are really good. Yes, he is. Yep. Um, he also says, that said... These flashes are too far and few between. Overall, Ewers is inconsistent, which primarily stems from his free-willing mechanics on short and deep passes. There are there are poorly located throws littered throughout his tape and passes thrown out of bounds where he doesn't give his intended receiver a chance to make a play. Even on some of his completions, Ewers has placement and accuracy issues preventing receivers from maximizing the run after catch. And remember, uh, Sark is all about 
run to daylight, his philosophy of getting receivers the ball on the move with movement routes so the quarterback's got to be accurate getting mm-hmm. the ball on the money. Uh, he also said Ewers has unique and impressive ability to vary his arm slot, but he often does this unnecessarily. That can lead to inaccuracy and misses on easy throws and almost feels like this is unintentional. Like he releases the ball with whatever delivery he feels is natural at the time. Sometimes he looks like a second baseman trying to turn a double play. The problem is he'll do this even when he is free in the pocket and has the space to step up and complete a fundamentally sound throwing motion. Yep. That's what I've been talking about for a long time. I'm like, I don't like the way he's letting go of the ball when he's when he's lazy with his footwork. That's why it looks like a second baseman. That's why it's 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 inaccurate at that time. We he thought he could get away with it, especially in at when he was playing before. He, yeah. But now you can't get away with that because everybody else is like minded. I mean, like athleticism. You're not the end all be all at the quarterback position where you were in high school now you're playing against like athletes that are are special they're all trying to get to where you were and now you're at the same level with them so the game has the game speed and everything else has changed no question uh he says additionally yours carries the ball uh, a little low too often and outside his frame which costs time uh, in his delivery yep. and could cre- create some ball security issues. Uh, but he's really complimentary of yours. He goes on to say, uh, when evaluating his poise and mental capabilities, yours appears advanced for a 20-year-old, but he still makes many mistakes for a typical young signal caller. As a decision-maker, yours can quickly process and immediately get the ball out of his hands, though his decisions can be careless at times. Still, his quick processing ability will serve him well in the future. He's also impressed me with his poise under pressure, ability to read coverages, and flashes of high-level anticipatory throws. Within the pocket, Ewers has a natural ability to slide or step up and find quiet areas behind his protection to deliver. He inherently senses and escapes pressure with relative ease and is a dangerous playmaker with his arm outside of the pocket despite having only sufficient athleticism while on the move. Ewers will show good eye discipline and resourceful playmaking sometimes leading to excellent it-factor plays. Mm. So he's pretty complimentary of him. He's, he's, He's critiquing some things but considering um you know the uh talent level and the inexperience of Quinn Ewers I think the piece is pretty complimentary he goes on to end it by saying if Ewers can remedy his mechanical inconsistencies he will become a more accurate and efficient passer as quick-minded as he is and able to get the ball out from undisciplined positions simply improving his staging and being more intentional with his arm slot unquestionably will lead to enhanced accuracy and placement. Been saying it. Been so, saying it. As soon as he gets that footwork figured out, and you, you brought it up last year, you're saying he can't do it during the season, but he can definitely work on it during the offseason. And I think he, too, realized that he failed in a bunch of different areas that were subpar to his standards for himself. So I yeah. believe that he's going to be just fine. I do, too. I think Quinn Ewers is going to take a huge step uh, in the right direction. So I, I don't anticipate the any regression by Texas this year or any underachievement being Quinn Ewers' fault or being, you know, uh, I believe, directed at him. But who knows? Yep. Uh, um, we obviously got high expectations for Texas, and a lot of that is on the shoulders of Quinn Ewers. If he plays well, plays at an all-Big 12 level, all-conference level, all-American level, then Texas should be playing for a Big 12 title.
Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. All right, we got some NFL news notes and nuggets that we got to get to. Got a ton of NFL stories, so we'll just try to have kind of a smorgasbord of uh, NFL topics coming up next in the next segment. Right here on Ball, Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. What's up, folks? Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie. It's a 512 Friday edition of Ball Don't Lie. That's when our man Jack plays jams from local bands and artists that you have a chance to see live in the ATX. Who are we jamming right now? This is SheVerb. You can see them tomorrow at the Metropolis Pool. SheVerb? Yes, like okay. reverb, but oh, SheVerb. I actually think I uh, worked with a member of this band uh, when I worked at Torchy's Tacos when I was a teenager. Nice. Okay, there you go. So a little personal connection. That's interesting, right there. And Jack, he's a, he's a well connected. Uh, and before we get oh, into it, real quick, I want to give a shout out to Lago Vista Eight U All Stars. They're having a big tournament end of the year tournament. Our our buddy Icky Ike, Icky his Ike. kids are are in that game. So good luck to those guys today. Uh, best of luck. Love my man Icky Ike. Man. Yeah, yeah, good people. Yep. Um, okay, let's get to a couple of NFL topics here. I've been meaning to uh, address a couple of these NFL stories. Um, this week. The first one is about uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Go, Guys, I, I think we were right when we said mm-hmm. he wasn't going to get any other offers, really. Um, looks like Diana Russini is reporting that it's down to two teams. Patriots, Titans. Mm-hmm. Oh. If, if you were him, what would your thought process be? I don't know what he wants. I think he's just going to the highest Not financial. Bidder. Not financial. I, well, not I think that's financial. what he, I want for him. I think that's the top priority. I understand, but You're I'm not. I'm not talking about financial. Take, take the money out of it. Yeah. I would probably want to go. Oh, that is good. Bill O'Brien. He's, does how much does he like Bill O'Brien? Because he was once with Bill O'Brien, and then the Got Texans decided to away. trade him. Yeah. Re- re- allegedly, reportedly, Michael Irvin says because baby mama drama or whatever the hell it was. He wasn't. I don't know. A Texan didn't fit the culture. Uh, that Jack Easter be wanted there, but I digress. He's going to be back with him in New England. I'm going to say Tennessee, just for the hell of it, because I he has zero quarterback help there. You got well, Will I, Levis. I do like I like you just drafted Will Levis, didn't you? He had a terrible offseason. Who <laughs> Will Levis? He was awful in their OTAs. Their mini camps. Oh, what was he? Oh really? my gosh, he was, he was so bad. Why are they so bad at picking quarterbacks in Tennessee? I have no idea. Going all the way back was, to Jake Locker. Yeah, they just are really bad at. Yes, it. it's terrible. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know where he should go because I wouldn't want to go in New England, but at least I because New England. Listen, that division. There's an arms race happening right now in that it division. Is, uh, sick. And sick the Miami race. Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills and I guess the Patriots. Now they're gonna throw their hat in the ring too. But man, there's some firepower in that division, and I I'm assuming that they just don't, now they got the Jets, the J E T S Jets Jets mm-hmm. Jets with Aaron Rodgers. I don't want to go and be the bottom feeder in that division, but I guess you could be that with Tennessee too. I was just fixing to say that's a so Jacksonville's up, Jacksonville's well, way up, Houston is creeping. They may creeping. we don't know what's going to happen, and then you also got to look at Indianapolis. I think he thought there'd be other suitors. 
I, hey, I he thought there'd be more teams. Don't we all? Yeah, he. Over, <laughs> I think somebody overvalued their, uh, you know, their their status. Maybe overvalued yeah. their skill set a little bit mm-hmm. um, because I thought there'd be more teams in the DeAndre Hopkins sweepstakes too. They're not. Right. Two. That's it. That's all that's there. That's all that's there. Yeah. A lot of buzz early, but no buzz right now. There's uh, probably more buzz right now about. Dalvin Cook and his situation. We talked about the arms race potentially going on in the, uh, the AFC East. Um, it looks like the Dalvin Cook sweepstakes is down to two AFC East teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, Diana Rossini also reporting it's the Miami Dolphins or the JETS 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 Jets. Ooh. Now this is this is the one that I'm sitting there That's thinking sexy. to myself. You can't go wrong with either one. And I don't believe that there's a there's a, a wrong answer in this situation. Hmm. Because if you look at Miami and you see exactly what uh this track team looks like. That's for real. You see Mike McDaniel's creativity in the offense. What is your quarterback going to be like? Is I heard Tua was watching film on his falls with the jujitsu coach. Hey, there you so go. So he's trying to figure out how to stop himself from just throwing his head back every maybe single time. Maybe he should time. be on the undercard. Maybe, maybe <laughs> he should. But then you also look at what's happening with uh, the Jets and the talent that they're bringing in and what it would be like to play with a quarterback like Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers. You look at the young talent at the wide receiver position. The defense is a talented defense. So you do have a chance to be a winning organization. But whoever you choose – you got to make sure you're choosing the one that's going to win that division. I'm choosing the Dolphins if I'm him. I'm taking Dolphins, guys. First of all, I want that Shanahan run game. Yeah. Michael Dan's got the Shanahan run game. Who's your offensive coordinator with the Jets? What's I don't it? even know. No, it's a, it's his Hackett, right? No, oh, Hackett. Yeah, it's uh, Paul, yeah, it, it is Paul Hackett. No, not, not Paul, no, but no, it no. is Hackett, though. What's his name? Nathaniel, Nathaniel Hackett. Nathaniel. By the way, Nathaniel. Nathaniel. <laughs> <laughs> Nathaniel. <laughs> we do it. Call it Nathaniel. <laughs> Nathaniel Hackett. And my thing about Nathaniel Hackett is he's already on the record for saying basically it's going to be Aaron Rodgers' offense. And yep. Aaron Rodgers can, he wins every veto. And what Aaron Rodgers wants, he's going to get. So it's Aaron Rodgers probably calling the plays. It's going to be Aaron Rodgers' offense. Yep. And if I am Dalvin Cook, I don't know if I want to play for Aaron Rodgers' offense. I want to go play for that Shanahan run game with Mike McDaniels there. And I know you got arguably the best wide receiving duo in the league. Mm-hmm. You got a double team, both Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. I'll probably be the number one back there. The number one back in, in Jetland is going to be Brees Hall. I could probably be the number one back there in the Shanahan running game with receiving weapons that both must be double teamed, which means they can't stack the box against me. Mm-hmm. My and I get Miami Beach over New York City. I'll take South Beach over New York City. Sorry if I'm Dalvin Cook. Yeah, and but Dalvin is from. You know what I'm saying? And he's Florida. From, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Boom, another check. Hey, yeah. Come on. It's no brainer here for Dalvin yeah. Cook, guys. No yeah. brainer. Now, now, in this situation, does the money matter? That's a good point. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. I don't know how much more money the Jets would have to offer, but I, I imagine he would give the Miami Dolphins a hometown discount. For sure, because he wants, to, he wants to be at the crib. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think he's going to end up with Miami, but we'll see. If, if the Jets get him, that's a hell of a coup. Yeah, New York J-E-T-E Jets. J-E-T-E Jets. <laughs> Honestly, I think Dalvin Cook could end up. Uh, I'm picking Miami to win the division right now. Okay. But if Dalvin Cook goes to the Jets, I could waffle. But right now, I'm I was going to say, Miami you got the division. chance to 
No, but change got, it later. I like. Well, listen. First of all, the Jets' defense is a top five defense mm-hmm. with Robert Sala. That's a really good. De- and, and they're going to get better, by the way, because they 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 were young. Yep. On that defense, uh, they just need somebody to come run the offense. That's why they got Aaron Rodgers and Nathaniel Hackett. The Miami Dolphins defense wasn't great, but they just brought in Vic Fangio and they got Jalen Ramsey. They're making moves on defense. I don't know. I I, I like what Miami's doing. I'm gonna pick and and it's all about Tua staying healthy. Yep. And they got an insurance policy, Mike White, behind him now, just in case Tua misses a couple of games, which he will. Yeah. Oh, hey, oh, oh, Texter, smart Texter. Florida tax benefits over New York. Yep, yep, yep. Ding, ding, ding. I love that texter. There you go. This texter knows about tax avoidance. We do not promote tax evasion. That's illegal. We do promote tax avoidance. There you Avoid go. Avoid as many of them taxes as you can. Just don't evade them. Don't don't run from them. Don't run from them. Don't run but, uh, from them. We can avoid them like Barry Sanders. Avoid defenders. <laughs> but you cannot evade them. All right? That's what they, Uncle Sam don't like that. Uh, all right. That's so, uh, also, uh, so we're talking about running back here. I did see their uh, pro football folks had their running back rankings, like positional group running back rankings. Because I wanted to see where the Cowboys were in this group. Because I was like, man, I wonder if the Cowboys running back room is really low on these rankings. By the way, 49ers number one on this list. And the Falcons number two. Yeah. They're saying basically the Falcons got the second best running room in the NFL with Bijan now added to the mix, uh, Ty- Tyler Algier and Cordero Patterson. So they like that group. They got the Cowboys tenth best running back room in the NFL, and I'm not gonna lie, I think that's too high. I agree. That's way we too high. We still don't know unless everybody else is just terrible. Bro, they got the Dallas Cowboys running back room ahead of the Texans. I think the Texans running back room right now might be just as good as the Cowboys. I'm not room overall. Tony Pollard is better. But, hell, they got the Seattle Seahawks behind the Cowboys. They got Baltimore behind the Cowboys. And I like Seattle's running back room way better I than too. I do right now for the Cowboys. Me too. I'm with yeah. you now. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they're ranking. They, they're really high on Tony Pollard, I guess. But after that. But, I mean, goodness gracious, that high on them to where you're going to rank them that? Number? They got him a top 10 running back room. Yeah. And I, I vehemently disagree with the pro football focus rankings here. <laughs> I'm serious. Goes I back get, to my point. Sometimes they good. Sometimes they bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this one's pretty bad. Not yeah. going to lie. I think that one's pretty bad. Uh, they got the Texans at 12th, though, uh, on this list. So shout out to I the Texans. I think the Texans could probably be better, too. I agree with Damian Pierce, who yep. was arguably the best Rookie out there, I think he was tied with the Walker's second, like the rushing rushing grade for rookies uh, mm-hmm. among pro football folks. And they got Devin Singletary as a free agent. Yeah, That's a guy he picked up from. The I like Bills, Singletary right? a lot. Yeah, he's a decent player too. So yeah, uh, I, yeah, I don't know. That was shocking me. They, 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 the running back room for the Cowboys was that high. Um, and you sent an uh, interesting article from CBS Sports. Speaking of the Cowboys running back room. That basically yep. uh, talked about players who are in a position to have career years. They have these, I don't know, just career years, like their best year ever. Uh, they took Tony Pollard on this list. And I I agree with that because if the Cowboys are going to run the rock, I mean, he's the guy. They're going to run the rock. He's going to be their marquee bell call running back. Yep. I The only reason I would be a little hesitant to put him on the list would be the, the health. Right. I don't know if he's going to come back 100%, but if he comes back and he's ahead of schedule, Tony Pollard is one of the most explosive running backs in the league. He proved that last year. Well, here's the deal, and I I agree with you to this point. From what we were told before, he is a guy I hope his conditioning is at a higher place Mm -hmm. because of the fact of he would basically run 60 yards and be done for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. You know, if he has an explosive play, 
he hasn't been able to rebound. So this is going to be a major part of the success that he is going to have. Is he going to be that every down back? And I don't know if he's going to be able to. I mean, we we know he can catch it and and get into the open field. Yeah, he averaged five, almost six yards per touch last year. The issue would be, because remember, I forgot the running backs coach um, that was with the Cowboys last. Skip Pete. Skip Pete. That's the one. And Skip Pete said, you don't want him to be your every down back. You don't want him to be your work your workhorse uh, bell cow running back because he won't be as explosive. Mm-hmm. When you wear him down like that, it takes away from the explosivity. So you definitely need somebody to help shoulder that burden, that load, just to keep his explosivity at a, at a high level. We got, you, t- we got our, we're ranked number 10, man. We got somebody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what, basically, Skip P was just saying, like, you have sedans that can, you know, you can wear them down and they can go all day, every day. And you have kind of race cars. Mm-hmm. He said, Tony Paul's a race car. He said, yeah, you, you can, you know, you can go from zero to 100 in, in a couple of seconds yep. with that race car. And you can hit those big blockbuster, you know, chunk yardage plays. But he also says, He's going to run out of gas real quick. Those sports cars run out of gas fast and quick. They burn through it. That sedan, hey, man, that's good. Get good mileage on that thing. All right. Get get gas mileage on that thing. And they need one of those guys. They don't have one of those guys. We need somebody that can ride on cruise control and still be efficient. We need somebody that's going to give me some good mileage, you know. Exactly. On on the roads. And I don't know if Tony Pollard is that guy. And I don't think I want him to be that guy. I yeah. like what he has become for the Cowboys. Exactly, and that's why it was crazy when you started thinking about how are you going to flip it to where you don't have Zeke Elliott, and that's fine from from what everything has been going on. But when you look at how the rest of it happens, how how are you going to be put in that position? That's the thing. Like, mm-hmm. what is going to be your alternate plan? Because we've all talked about the two pack, the two back offense. Where is this going to fall into place? For the Cowboys, I wonder. They seem to be high on Deuce Vaughn, and uh, they seem to be high on Malik Davis. I believe yep. is his name. Hey, Cowboys! Four words: We like our guys. We like our guys. They were right last year. Yeah. They liked their guys last year. They were right. Hopefully, they're right about that again this year. No doubt. Uh, all right, we come back. We'll wrap it up. Put it in the oven. Let you know what's on tap for the weekend right here on Ball Don't Lie. Wonderful nine horn. Pop a top again. You mind if I? Have some of your tasty beverage to wash. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've been known to drink a beer or two. I think a man working outdoors feels more like a man if you can have a bottle of suds. It's only my opinion, sir. I got beer. I got bottled breast milk. Eh, why don't we start with the beer? Okay. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Wait, it's already 5 o'clock here. It's time for What's on Tap. How about a nice cool drink? That's oh, really man, good. That's good. That's that is- Pop a top again. I've just got time for one more round. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104 Now in the Horn. Getting ready to wrap it up and put it in the oven. Before we do, we'll let you know what's on tap. If you missed any part of any of the shows, please go to hornfm.com. You can catch up with them on the podcast page. Uh, before we let you know what's on tap, I do want to take this time to say thank you to my man, Jack. Jack, you were awesome, brother, this week. You were fantastic, man. You are the man. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad, man. You were good, brother. You really were. Patrick was all out on vacation all week long, and uh, Jack uh, stood, uh, stood in for for him uh, in yeah. his stead and did a fantastic job, man. Everything went seamless and loved it. Thought you were fantastic, so 
kudos, brother. I really appreciate that. I've had a ton of fun hanging out with you guys this week. Yeah, you yeah. did a great job. Uh, anytime Patrick's out, got to recommend my man Jack. No doubt. Uh, come in and uh, be the, uh, the substitute um, in the meantime. But we appreciate that. You can uh, reach out to him via Twitter. Show him some love at Jack A. Farrell. That is like... Colin, not like Will. There it is. Don't Boom. forget that. Boom. All right, what's on tap for you, Harge? Because you're about to go on vacation. He is gone. <laughs> he is gone, man. Uh, now I'm going to go home, have some dinner, get ourselves ready to go, mm-hmm. and then boom, hit the road and get that uh, trip to North Carolina. Hold on, y'all driving? No, negative. <laughs> negative. You said hit the road. I was like, hit the yeah. road. Yeah, hit the road to the airport. <laughs> Hit the road to the airport. I would say the guy that valets everywhere he goes. I'll be valeting no there too driving. at the airport too. <laughs> exactly. yeah. Ain't no way you driving there. Uh, that would be fun though. You guys going to North Carolina, um, and you guys uh, going for a soccer tournament. So best of luck in the soccer tournament. Hope y'all right. do well. Um, all right, Jack. What's on tap for you this weekend, brother? Got a pretty light weekend. Uh, I'll be back in for the Sunday shows with my man Wags in the morning. That's right. Oh, I lo- tell Wags I said what's up, yeah, man. Tell Wags. I love tell Wags. Wags to be my producer. He's Got awesome. Astros tonight, 9 p.m. after dark out on the West Coast. Otherwise, I'm going to see what's on tap maybe in my fridge. That's what's on tap. Uh, Nate gives you some a shout out. Jack says Jack was great. No, Jack, we really were, man. No, no doubt. I was just that wasn't hyperbole, man. I was really, really uh, happy about uh, how much, uh, really, how much you brought to the show. Great NBA knowledge. Love the musical knowledge too. Um, Thought you did a great job. So Patrick, once again, he knew who would uh, be able to pick up the slack when he was out, and it was just my man Jack. Uh, Tonight, I'm gonna start. You guys ever heard of the show The Bear on um, Hulu? Yeah. Nope. yeah, the cooking. I, well, the, yes, the show yes, about chefs, yeah. not a cooking show. Yeah, but. yeah, it's about a chef. I uh, watched first season, and they got the second season out. So I'm going to watch the entire second season of The Bear probably this weekend. Going to binge it, have some fun. I think good. you, I th- uh, you are a binger. I'm binger. Yep. Well, oh, but you just told me you're going to watch John Wick. I'm going to watch John Wick All on the flight tomorrow. I am. I am. And I'm, I'm going to be binging it. Cam Whitmore highlights. Uh, <laughs> I like that, too. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be binging some shows. But also, uh, next week, of course, Hard is going to be out. My man Patrick will be back. That's so, right. So uh, we'll still have And you will have a lot of fun talking with him about Wimby because you know he been out there partying. And I think, see, now I wish Jack was staying. <laughs> Jack's a Rockets fan. I'm going to hear Patrick brag about the Spurs for a whole week. All right. Uh, we'll, tomorrow, I mean, sorry, uh, we'll be back on Monday, same time, same channel. Remember, the revolution will not be televised. We'll be talking about it right here on Ball Don't Lie. We love you guys. We mean that. Take care of yourselves, but more importantly, take care of each other. Peace.